A heat dome. Much of the western United States, even coastal California, can't escape the excessive heat. And the worst part? Typically everyone within 50 miles of the Pacific enjoys cool offshore breezes in the evening. But not this week. With temperatures well above the century mark, many are looking forward to this weekend's forecast of cooler temps with a chance of rain from Hurricane K off Mexico. Further north in Canada, 10 people stabbed to death in Saskatchewan on Sunday. Two brothers in their early 30s went on a rampage in a rural indigenous community. At least 18 were wounded. Monday, one of the suspects was found dead, the other still on the run. The Royal Canadian Mounted Police still trying to determine a motive for the attacks. Psalm 2 asks, why do the nations rage? The answer, people have set themselves against the Lord. But there is hope. Kiss the Son. Turn to Jesus. Find refuge in Him. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris sharing with you the great story that's all about Jesus. And we're in a series that we started on Labor Day called The Power Behind Tolkien. More music from the Lord of the Rings movies. But I'm curious if you've seen the new Amazon series based on Tolkien's writings that take place before his well-known books we affectionately call the Lord of the Rings. Within the first 24 hours, over 25 million people watched it. A great start for a series that might end up costing a billion dollars to make. Along with millions of viewers watching, It's now received some criticisms. Time will only tell if this will stand up to the movies that came out 20 years ago or the books that were released 85 years ago. That's right, 85. The Hobbit was first published in 1937. And little did Tolkien know how so many around the world would love that book and his Lord of the Rings series that came out in the 1950s. In a moment, we'll be joined again by Dr. Joseph Leconte is going to share more about the life and faith of Tolkien. Yes, he was a close friend of C.S. Lewis. They worked together in Oxford. But who was Tolkien? Where did he come from? And how did his creative mind develop? You know, uh, one of the themes we see in Tolkien's work is what Tolkien calls the U-catastrophe. It's the undoing of a catastrophe. Uh, And that is an act of grace. That's Joseph Leconte. He'll be back with us in just a moment to share more about Tolkien as we think about the power behind his stories. And I think you'll be pleasantly surprised by his understanding of grace. But then after the program, I'm going to send you Dr. Leconte's book called A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and a Great War. In his book, he looks at how Tolkien and Lewis rediscovered faith, friendship, and heroism in the First World War. They each felt the darkness and despair closing in yet they both found a profoundly deep faith in Jesus. My wife and I really enjoyed this book, and I know you will as well. So for your gift to this ministry, I want to send you A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War. We have it both in paperback or audio version. Just call us after the program, and the number to call is 865-HAVEN. 865-HAVEN. 
or go to our website and make your gift there, haventoday.org, haventoday.org. And now, let's hear some music with a group called The Lowly Heirs. Thank you for the blood you gave for me. The Savior sacrificed upon the tree. With every curse that pierced your hands and feet, my stained and sinful heart would be made clean. If it wasn't for the cross, the curse would not be broken. If it wasn't for the cross, the grave would not be open. Now, because of love, I can stand forgiven. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the
It's a single by the lowly airs, if it wasn't for the cross. I'm Charles Morris, here on A Haven Today, called The Power Behind Tolkien. Many people don't know it, but J.R.R. Tolkien has deeply influenced American pop culture. The Lord of the Rings trilogy was first released back in the 1950s as a book series. There's no doubt it had a profound influence on fantasy writing, filmmaking, even rock music. Yes, the well-known hard rock band Led Zeppelin mentions characters from Tolkien's stories in at least two of their songs. And a couple of decades back, an entire new generation was introduced to these epic stories through the movies made by Peter Jackson. These films still stand as some of the most successful and widely celebrated movies ever made. But what made them so powerful to begin with? Out of all the books to adapt into a movie, why Tolkien's? Why The Lord of the Rings? Why is the world of Middle-earth still so captivating? It was to my kids, and it was to me. And that's what we're exploring this week, and why our series is called The Power Behind Tolkien. It's not just because the story is full of fantastical creatures and a great evil that must be overcome. It's not because Tolkien was an incredible writer. No, Tolkien couldn't help but write his faith into his books. His understanding of the world was deeply affected by his experience of the Great War, World War I. And the Lord of the Rings reflects his belief that the Lord is the only one who can bring light out of the darkness. The power behind Tolkien's works is Christ. And the most powerful story of all, the gospel of Christ. But how did Tolkien get to where he was? Well, I, a few days ago, sat down with a Tolkien scholar, Dr. Joseph Leconte. And we talked about this Oxford Don and just what made him such an intriguing person. He's a fascinating guy because he was born actually in South Africa. Mm. His father was a bank manager in South Africa. And the family had spent a little bit of time back in Great Britain. His mom, Tolkien, his, his brother, Hillary, and his mom, there in Great Britain, getting ready to get on a boat to go rejoin their, uh, the father in South Africa. His father dies unexpectedly. Mm. They don't go back. They remain in England. And he grows up in a, uh, outside of Birmingham in a very rural, beautiful, green place that really becomes the, the, the setting in many ways for The Hobbit, that story, mm -hmm. and The Shire. So he grows up loving nature, growing up in nature. But he also becomes orphaned at a young age. His father died, of course, as I mentioned, and then his mother dies of cancer. And so he becomes orphaned, and he is then helped by a Catholic priest who kind of takes him in and exposes him to literature, really encourages his moral life and his spiritual life. And that helps set him on his way. And I think it helped keep him out of a deep darkness for Tolkien. Then uh, as he, a great turning point in his life with the help of, of this Catholic priest, Father Francis, he gets into Oxford. And that's a huge turning point in his life mm. because he has, a, he has a, a growing love of literature, storytelling, myth, and then languages as well. He discovers he has a gift for languages. Mm. Uh, he's just fascinated by the sound of them and what they mean and the cultures that they're embedded in. And he develops that gift. Uh, it's called philology. But he becomes a philologist, this expert in languages. 
that he develops early on, right through his college years, and that will affect his whole career, his academic career. He'll become a great lover of the of the of the ancient story Beowulf, mm-hmm. which uh, old English tale, mm-hmm. great epic tale. And he will teach. He will translate Beowulf. He will teach it as one of his major courses that he teaches at Oxford. And he will become this Oxford professor of English literature, grounded in the great in the great classics and in medieval literature. And he and C.S. Lewis will share that love of English literature, and that'll be part of what draws them together in friendship. That was Joseph Leconte sharing a bit of Tolkien's background and how he and C.S. Lewis connected over their love of literature, and I would say their love of the Lord, too. They both saw the horrors of the Great War, and they both wrote to speak into the darkness of those days. Lewis had his Narnia. Tolkien had his Middle-earth. And Tolkien had something else, too, something that reflects the great story of the gospel. It's called eucatastrophe, a big word, but an important word. Joseph Leconte can help us understand that a bit. You know, uh, one of the themes we see in Tolkien's work and uh, in many ways also in Lewis's work is what Tolkien calls the eucatastrophe, the eucatastrophe. It's the undoing of a catastrophe. Uh, and that is an act of grace. So everything seems black, everything is dark, everything is hopeless. And yet at the end, somehow, there's a restoration, there's a salvation, there's a redemption. And you don't see it coming. Uh, and that's what Tolkien does so beautifully in The Lord of the Rings and what Lewis does uh, so magnificently uh, in The Chronicles of Narnia. And what, that, what the theme of eucatastrophe reminds us of is that we are deeply fallen men and women. <laughs> we, we can't save ourselves. I mean, think about it. Every creature, uh, every character in both of their works, virtually, they're all tempted to the will to power. Even the most noble, the, the, the bravest, the strongest, uh, whether it's Aragorn or it's any of the children uh, in, in the Chronicles of Narnia, they're all tempted to the will to power. Uh, They can't save themselves. They can't fully protect themselves from the corrupting power uh, of evil. And that's why the need for grace uh, outside of us and redemption outside of us is so important. And it's just remarkable to me that both these men, because of their mutual faith and friendship, they make that theme pretty close to the heart of both their stories by the time you get to the end of their stories. Mm -hmm. The catastrophe the the uh, turning around of a disastrous situation, the infusion of grace, uh, that only only a Christian thinker could, could come up with such a remarkable story. I mean, the reason this is so thoroughly Christian is because you think about the modern-day heroes, uh, the superheroes we have, Batman, Superman, <laughs> Spider-Man, uh, all of these magnificent heroes, uh, how do they save the day? They save the day through their strength, through their powers, through their good looks, their speed. Uh, They're not getting help from the outside. It's help from within. They have these powers from within. That's our modern-day hero, more or less. Uh, But that's not the hero for Tolkien and Lewis. Their heroes are, in some ways, the anti-hero, right? It's the smallest. It's it's the mouse (laughs) reapy-cheap. It's the little children of of (laughs) Narnia who, with, with the help of Aslan are able to save the day. And in Tolkien's story, of course, it's the hobbit. It's the little hobbit who is made small in stature deliberately by Tolkien because he's trying to drive home the point that it's the little ones, the unrecognized ones, the ones who are overlooked, who God wants to use to bring about a great 
story of redemption. Only Christians think in those terms, it seems to me. Once again, Joseph Flaconti joining me to talk about the power behind Tolkien's writings. The idea of a eucatastrophe playing a central role in Tolkien's writings. The eucatastrophe is the undoing of catastrophe. And Tolkien had seen a lot of that in the First World War. Death, tragedy, disaster. Witnessing it made him long for the day when Christ would undo it. His works reflect that. The land of Middle-earth was plunged into darkness because of Sauron, an evil king searching for his long-lost ring. Catastrophe followed by catastrophe. Yet that catastrophe is finally undone as the ring is destroyed in the fires of Mount Mordor, and it is undone through the most unlikely of heroes, a hobbit, a humble, unassuming hobbit who faithfully, at great cost to himself and his companions, took the ring where it needed to be to undo the greatest of all evils in the land. Sound a little familiar? The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. Isaiah is the one who said that, looking ahead to the Lord's deliverance. The Gospel of Matthew repeats it, identifying that great light has none other than Jesus Christ. The people had walked in great darkness. Catastrophe had struck more times than they could count. Exile, domination from foreign powers, no prophets for hundreds of years. But the eucatastrophe was still coming. Christ was coming to undo all that bad. He was coming to demonstrate the Lord's love for his people, his love for us. And he did that through the most unlikely way, death on the cross. It was a catastrophe. His disciples thought it was all over. Some of them even went back to their old jobs, fishing on the Sea of Galilee like in old times. But the eucatastrophe wasn't just that Christ came, and it wasn't just that he died. No, the resurrection of Christ completely undid whatever defeat he faced at the cross. By the resurrection, we finally see our sins have been wiped clean. We see our Lord's love for us. It's unshakable. All the evil and darkness is undone. And we're left with hope. Hope to live the life he's called us to live. A life of faith. A life of love. A devotion to Christ that reflects his goodness and mercy to all those we meet. Yet, it is also a eucatastrophe that empowers us to pursue our neighbor's good. Even our neighbors who don't like us even our neighbors whom we don't like. Christ's gospel, his life, death, and resurrection give us the power to work for their good as well. So, receive his love if you've never received it before. Today is the day. And if you have, receive it once again and rejoice with me that his love for us will never fail. You called me from the grave by name You called me out of all my shame I see the old is passed away 
Resurrection. Chris Tomlin reminding us of that on an album that he put out called Holy Roar here on this haven today called The Power Behind Tolkien. Once again, I'm thankful to have Dr. Joseph Lacanti on this Wednesday program. I really do like to talk to that man, and we both have plans to meet someday soon and share an Italian dinner together. Two things I really appreciate about Joseph. 
his heart for the Lord, and how he makes history come alive. And when you read his New York Times best-selling book called A Hobbit, A Wardrobe, and A Great War, I think you'll agree with me. He's the first person I've ever heard who shows us how the catastrophic experience of World War I shaped the lives, faith, and creativity of J.R.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis. The book's a great read. Ask my wife. She really enjoyed it. I did too. And when you read it, I know it'll remind you that the Lord truly does work all things together for good for his people, even in the horrors of war. My prayer is that this book, we have it in an audio version or the printed paperback, will turn your eyes from the events of today and towards a stronger faith in Jesus. Just call us right now, would you? Ask for the Hobbit, Wardrobe, Great War. The number to call is 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or find out more by going to haventoday.org. haventoday.org. And a quick reminder, we still have Comeback Barbara, a true story told by a pastor friend of mine and his daughter, who was a prodigal for a season a great encouragement to all dealing with prodigals. And even if you don't have one, you'll still be blessed to hear how the Lord rescues those that seem so far away. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next time when tomorrow we'll share together the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Greater love has no one than this, for someone to give up his life for friends. Those were Jesus' words in John 15, 13. He was talking to his disciples and reminding them that he considered them friends, not servants or students or underlings, friends. The greatest act of love, he said, was for someone to give up his life for friends. Of course, that's what Jesus did for us. He calls us friend, too. We forget this in the busyness of life, don't we? We aren't just saved by Jesus. We're liked by Jesus. He calls us friend, and he doesn't consider you a burden. That kind of love will radically change you. He loves by giving himself. We love by devoting ourselves to him and his kingdom. Spend more time with Jesus. Visit GetAnchored.com.